who my brothers and I, never having seen a black person, found fascinating. As a family, we did not number doctors, dentists, bank managers, or similar worthies in our circle. No one in the immediate family had been to university, though one of my mother's sisters had spent some time at RADA hoping to become an actress. It was a very brief career which distressed her parents almost as much as her incomprehensible decision to become a Roman Catholic. But my father was a naval officer, and while Mum's father had started out as a travelling salesman, he ended up with his own canning factory and a small country estate in Yorkshire. It was he who paid the fees when I, my younger brothers Giles and James, and my sister Jenny went to private schools. All children like to imagine their parents have heroic histories. In my childhood I believed Dad to have spent the war on convoy duty protecting the supplies which came from North America to Britain, or those sent from a remote Scottish sea-loch to Russian allies in Archangel and Murmansk. Of the many miserable fates which stalked the war generation, unannounced death from a U-boat torpedo in the icy waters of the North Atlantic has always seemed one of the worst. I imagined Dad as the sort of figure played by Jack Hawkins in The Cruel Sea, binoculars hanging around his neck, standing on the bridge of a destroyer in a naval duffelcoat, with mountainous seas breaking across the foredeck, calmly ordering, Full ahead, both! into a voice tube as a torpedo wake glows white under the briny. But when I unearthed his records a few months ago, his military career turned out to have been rather more prosaic. He seems to have volunteered for the Navy straight out of school, giving his civilian occupation as bank clerk. The records show early training at a requisitioned holiday camp at Skegness, from which he emerged as a rating, followed by another training period at an airfield in Luton, as he hoped to become a Navy pilot in the fleet air arm. This did not come off, possibly because, as he later told his sisters, he was grounded for hedge-hopping and flying his aircraft beneath the arches of bridges. Perhaps it was actually for more humdrum reasons. Only a very small proportion of those who wanted to become wartime pilots were successful. At any rate, in March 1941, he began a less glamorous naval life as a writer on board HMS Fernie, a largely administrative role aboard a destroyer assigned to escort shipping in the Channel. As it did for many people, my father's war doubtless passed in bouts of intense fear and excitement, separated by very much longer periods of great tedium. By the following year he'd been promoted to leading writer, in which capacity he was shuffled from one ship or shore base to another, either at home or abroad. In 1944 he's recorded as serving in the Persian Gulf, on board a series of vessels including converted Norwegian whaling ships, and at the Royal Navy base in Basra, Iraq. He emerged from the war with five medals recognizing service in home waters and the Indian Ocean. Children generally imagine all medals to have been won in much the same way you gain a VC. In fact, most of them testify to more mundane activities. When I was about eight, I remember approaching him as he sat slumped in an armchair reading the paper, and asking whether he'd ever been shipwrecked. Six times, he replied, and reburied himself in the newspaper. He was really saying, I think, leave me alone, but I so wanted to believe him.
At the end of the war, huge numbers of men were demobilized and returned to civilian life, but Dad decided to swim in the other direction and applied to be commissioned as a Royal Navy officer. In October 1945, he was appointed Temporary Acting Sub-Lieutenant. A group photograph of sixty or so young officers gathered at the naval base at Gosport shows him in the third row, one of the few lieutenants with war service medals, an indication that his time in the ranks had resulted in his being older than many of his peers. Within a few years, he'd been promoted to lieutenant and given the posting sought by every naval officer, command of his own vessel, a motor torpedo boat. Quite apart from the awful loss of life, the war deprived a generation of young men and women of the opportunity to enjoy their youth. I imagine the period after the end of hostilities...